This program is brought to you by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. Coming up next on Changing Your World. Your giving is an honor act. Your giving is an act of worship. Your giving is an act of thanksgiving and gratitude. It is not, it is not the stick that stirs the pot. It is not the manipulative action that will make God do something. My relationship with God demands a reflex. For God so loved the world that he... Ladies, are you ready to find your worth? This is an awesome experience. It's amazing. Join us for three life-changing days at the 2020 Worth Radical Women's Conference, March 19th through the 21st, and learn just how valuable you are. Mark my words, this is going to be epic. Register today for this radical event at taffydollar.org or text RADICAL to 51555. your Bibles, go with me to the book of Galatians. You know how I am about setting foundation over and over and over again, but uh, let me do this real quick. Let's go to, uh, just real quick, let's go to Genesis 39, 1 through 2, and then uh, 21, and then go to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And then let's go to Romans 4. <laughs> Romans 4, 13. And then that'll be enough for me to start preaching. <laughs> I, I just, you know, when I go on a journey, I want to make sure everybody's on the boat or on the bus with me. I don't want to leave anybody behind. Okay, uh, I'm going to call this, even though it's, we're in the same series of uh, grace-based prosperity, I want to deal with the question, why give? Why give? Because our motives have been so muddied by religion and church, we don't even know why we're doing what we do. And we're going to see some things here this morning. It is going to challenge everything in your life. And I pray that you walk out of here with a level of worship and praise that you've not known before. Verse 1, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, and an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which has brought him down hither. Verse 2, He says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, Joseph was, a, was being sold into slavery, 
And as a slave, he owned nothing. He owned nothing. And the Bible says that Joseph was a successful man, another version, a successful man because of the presence of the Lord was with him. It was the essence of God's presence that made him successful. It was not the benefit that he sought, but the essence of the presence. And look at 21, 22, and 23. So it's the presence of God that makes a person successful. How many of you are ready to be successful because of who you with? Yes. It's not what you have that makes you successful. It's who you know that makes you successful. Not what you have. So you got to seek. You got to seek who you know over what you have. We got to stop seeking things and start seeking Him. Turning your neighbor and say, "I am in it for the relationship." But the Lord was with Joseph. There it is again. And notice when the Lord is with you, he says he'll, he showed him mercy and he gave him favor. Favor and grace came because the Lord was with him in the sight of the keeper of the prison. This favor was so strong. Verse 22, he says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And in verse 23, he says, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, didn't have to micromanage Joseph. Why? Because the Lord was with him, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper, to be successful. Again, it is the presence of the Lord in your life that will be responsible for you becoming successful. So success, according to the Bible, is not measured by the stuff you have. It is measured by who you have. Turn your neighbor one more time and ask, who you with? So for me as a Christian, that's so important. Because I meet so many Christians that try to measure success based on what you have and not based on who you have. And the Lord was with him. The presence of the Lord was with him, and that made him successful. We're about to go into a new season of clarity where we're going to begin to see things with a 2020 vision. And I need you to get ready to say goodbye to average. Amen. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Amen. Amen. Now, go to Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. The Lord is with you. The Bible says that um, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The key to successful Christian living, and I'm not talking about the key to money. I'm talking about the key to having success in relationships as parents, the key to having success as sons and daughters, the key to having peace in your life. The key to having wholeness in your life where nothing's missing and nothing broken. You, you got to stop seeing the blessing and riches as just concerning money. It's time for you to discover what it's like to be rich in peace. Amen. Somebody says, but no, I just need to be rich in money. Well, 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 no, 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 no. See, because if you have money and ain't got no peace, you're just a broke man with money. 
So, so let's, let's renew our mind with that. Now, look what he says here in verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. All right, turn your neighbor and say, no more curse. No more curse. I've, been I've been redeemed. You've been redeemed from any curse of the law. So if you go to the Old Testament, Old Testament and read anything that talks about you being cursed, that was in that dispensation. It's not you. You are no longer cursed. There are no curses being passed down. You are no longer cursed. Here's what he says. Christ has, has, has redeemed us. That means he's the, he's the peace offering. He's the compensation. He's the payment. He is the ransom that was paid so that you will not be cursed for not being able to keep all 613 of the laws. And he was made a curse for us. He was made a curse for us. He was made a curse for us. He was made a curse for us, curse for us. For it's written, curse is everyone that what? Hangeth on a tree. Now, why was he made a curse for us? Why would he take on our curse, pay the ransom, so instead of you being cursed, he would go ahead and take the curse. Somebody had to pay the price for sin. So he did. Why did he take this on? The next verse tells us why. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Somebody say, that's me. So notice Jesus died on the cross and took on your curse and my, and, and my curse so that the blessing of Abraham could come on you. Now, I believe that the blessing has come on you. Those of you who have made Jesus the Lord of your life, I need you to say with boldness and confidence this morning, I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. That is so powerful. I am showing you who you are this morning. You are blessed. Every morning, start getting up saying, I am blessed. I don't care what the situation is. I mean, uh, Joseph was on an auction block being sold into slavery, and the blessing of the Lord was on his life. The presence of the Lord was in his life. I need you to say out loud, I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Now, I don't, I notice, notice you didn't do anything to get this blessing of Abraham. You got it through Jesus Christ. So this would be called a gift. You are blessed because of what Jesus did, so this is a gift. And what you do to get a gift in your life, you receive a gift. You're not working for it, you're not earning it, and you're not trying to do something to deserve a gift. If you do any of those three things, it's no longer a gift, but it is now, it is now a debt that needs to be owed and paid for. But when it's a gift, you didn't earn it, you didn't work for it, and you didn't do something to deserve it. You received it. A gift is given, and you take it. You take possession of a gift. You receive a gift. And he says, how do you get this blessing of Abraham? You get it through Jesus Christ. Now, what happens when you receive the blessing of Abraham? He says you, you, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit through faith. A lot of good things here that we absolutely do receive the promise of the Spirit. But I want to go to... Uh, Romans chapter 4 and 13. Romans 4, 13. Moving on here so we can uh, get into this message today. <laughs> so what's the promise that we have because of the blessing? The promise of the Spirit, but now watch this. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world, oh, that's, that's available to us now. You know what he just said? The promise that he should be an heir to the world, the promise that he should be an heir to the world was not to Abraham, or to his seed. Now, how many of you know, what is it, Romans 3, 29? If you be Christ, then are you? And heirs, what? Let me see, let me show you that real quick. Galatians 3 and 29. 
So you are blessed. You have the blessing of Abraham. You have the promise that was made to Abraham. You have the promise of the Spirit. Verse 29, read it out loud with me. Ready to read. And if you be Christ, then are you. And say out loud, I am the seed of Abraham. I have the blessing of Abraham. I am an heir to the promise that was made to Abraham. That's so powerful. So just by receiving Christ into your life, you are now the seed of Abraham. You are heirs according to the promise. And I think Romans says we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So if Jesus gets 20, you get 20. Whatever Jesus gets, you share equally. My goodness. So what is the promise? Now, go back to Romans, what is it, 4, 13. And I think we can kind of take off after this. Romans 4, 13. So here's the promise that he, that he made to Abraham, that he should be heirs of the world. What is an heir of the world? That means that you who are in Christ, you who are a seed of Abraham, the promise he made to Abraham also extends to you. And what is that promise? That you have an inheritance of all of the riches of the world, all of the advantages of the world, all of the promotions of the world. You are an heir. And that's hard to comprehend for human beings in church who've always been taught average that he is saying that everything this earth has to offer, you have a right to inherit it. See that? You, you don't get it. You, you should have took your shoes off and went nuts. But do you understand? You are a possessor by rights to the world, to this earth. You. You have a right to its riches. You have a right to its advantages. You have a right to, to, uh, to all the things that have come as a result of you being the seed of Abraham, all of the goods in this earth, all of the endowments, all of the advantages, all of the pleasures you have a right to, it's yours. I said it's yours. All right, now, listen to me. I didn't say you have to do something to deserve it. He gifted this to you. You know when you have an inheritance, you didn't do nothing to deserve it, you just receive what was gifted to you. Look at what was gifted to you. All the goods of the earth gifted to you. All the endowments of the earth gifted to you. All the riches of the earth gifted to you. All the advantages of the earth gifted to you. All of the pleasures of the earth gifted to you. It's gifted to the seed of Abraham, those who are in Christ, which means that's you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. Hallelujah. All right, so here's a question. So why is it then that there aren't more New Covenant believers? Why is it then more of the seed of Abraham experiencing the full blessing of Abraham? Why are the Christian people not experiencing the full blessing of Abraham? Let me read this to you and we'll go on. It'll be quicker if I read this. <laughs> Go back to Romans, look at Romans 4.13. He says, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to the seed through the law. Mm -hmm. So the promise 
was not to Abraham and his seed. In other words, you don't get this promise of being an heir of the world through the law, through the works of the law, through performance, through doing something to try to deserve it. But you get this inheritance through the righteousness of faith. By you just recognizing I am the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ and have a right to this inheritance. Yes. Believing that it is yours already. Yes. Yes. Not because of what you have, but believing in the middle of a ditch that you are an heir to the world. Believing in the middle of unemployment. Believing in the middle of not having the money to pay your bills. Believing in the middle of a time where somebody dishonored you and betrayed you. That is where you still have to say, I am the righteousness of God by faith, and I still have a right to this inheritance. Amen. He says, but it comes through the righteousness of faith. Look at verse 14. Verse 14. For if they which are of the law or of the works of the law, if they who believe that they have to deserve it in order to get it, that they have to work for it in order to deserve it, if they got to perform in order to get it, for if they which are of the law be heirs, he says, your faith is made void and the promise is made of non-effect. And the thing you're supposed to get, you don't get. You know why? Because you're trying to do something to deserve it. So you no longer receive this as a gift you are now receiving this as something you earned. And you add more religious activity so you can feel like I deserve the blessing. And it was nothing for you to earn in the first place. It was something to be received by faith. And so you have to start off believing I'm already blessed and I don't see nothing. Verse 4, verse 15, verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath, for, there, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16, he says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, what, the promise comes, might be sure to all of the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. So this is no longer limited to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of those who had a right to it under the Abrahamic covenant. It is now those of you who are in Christ Jesus who will believe like Abraham believed. Amen. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So the blessing of Abraham for the new covenant believer is made void and of no effect when you try to earn and deserve it through your efforts. Hence, the secret to walking in the blessing of Abraham in your life is to stop trying to deserve it. Instead of exercise, instead, you should exercise your faith to believe that you are righteous through Jesus' finished works. So the more righteousness conscious you are, the more blessings you will receive. The Abrahamic blessing of being an heir of the world comes by trusting entirely on God's unmerited favor. Glory be to God. Now, I think we're there. Does everybody understand what I just said? Yeah. So here's the question then. Why give? Because a lot of you, like me, were told that you're giving so you can be blessed. Or you were told, well, if you don't give, you won't be blessed. And if you don't give, you'll be cursed. You remember some of the things you were told in church about giving? You got to give to get blessed. 
you got to give or, or God ain't going to help you. You got to give or, 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 you know, nothing's going to happen. And, 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 and oh, you got to give in order to get the benefit. In order to experience the benefit, you're going to have to give. And, and what we see here is that this is so much bigger. And so we're, we're not understanding that giving and the results of giving is going to be totally based on the motive behind your giving. Amen. So what's the motive behind your giving? Giving is an act of worship. Giving is relational. Giving is based on right motives. Let me give you a definition of worship. And then we'll visit Genesis 14 one more time and then go look at some other things. Worship, I define it like this, it's an expression. It's an expression of the A-W-E, the awe of God, the devotion and the love that we have for God. It is an expression of this awe and devotion and love. Now here's the key. This expression comes from you, the creation, to him, the creator. It's an expression of not trying to get something from him, the creator, to you, the creation. It's an expression of something coming from you, the creation, to him, the creator. That's worship. It's what's coming from you to him. It's not what's coming from him to you. It's what's coming from you to him. Glory be to God. If you understand that, say amen. An expression. Giving is your faith response to what has already been made available. The blessing is a finished work. In other words, you don't have to do anything to, to, to get it to happen. It's a finished work. It's a part of the finished works, like healing is a finished work, like deliverance is a finished work, like soundness is a finished work. The blessing is a finished work. It doesn't require anything on your part to exist. It exists because of what Jesus has done. My God. It's a finished work. All of Jesus' finished works requires a response in order for you to take possession of it. The response to the blessing, my God, is to worship God with what he's blessed us with. So I give not to get blessed, but I give because I'm already blessed. Listen to me. I give because I'm, I believe I'm already blessed. Your giving is an honor act. Your giving is an act of worship. Your giving is an act of thanksgiving and gratitude. It is not, it is not the stick that stirs the pot. It is not the manipulative action that will make God do something. My, my relationship with God demands a reflex 
For God so loved the world that he... There is no serious love relationship that we have on this world, in this world, that does not demand eventually giving. You're going to give something. Hopefully, it'll ultimately be giving of yourself. You're going to give something. Because there's no such thing as having an intimate love relationship, and it doesn't demand the reflex of giving. Are y'all following me? We, we have to understand that all of the blessing comes into our lives because of the relationship we have with God. We're Christians. You know what that means? We have a relationship with God. But what has happened over the generations, help me, Lord, is that the church has confused the benefits of that relationship with God versus the essence of that relationship with God. Success is something we all want, but very few of us understand. True success is not defined by money and fame. The truest kind of success begins with God's undeniable presence in our lives. We want you to experience the God kind of success. Your relationship with God is going to take the foolishness out of you. It's going to convince you that's not the best thing to keep doing. It is your right relationship with God that will expose you to the benefit of the blessing. My success comes from me believing in what Jesus has already provided for me. You can also receive today's full message for only $7. Or for $50, you can receive the Grace-Based Success Collection. This popular set includes the Grace-Based Success CD Series, the Fight the Fear of Giving CD Series, and the Financial Stewardship Midi Book. Order now at CreflodollarMinistries.org or call the number on the screen for more information. see what God has for me. I want to pursue what God has for me. Whatever I need to do in order for God to do what he needs to do, I'm going to do it. Bless God. Dallas, Texas in Chicago, Illinois. Creflo Dollar presents Change Experience 2020. Are you ready for your change? <laughs> you feel like you walk and it's like an earthquake going across the mirror. Just to be saturated in the Word with some teaching for like an extended period of time, that's just something you got to get into. There's some stuff that won't be the same when you return back home. You honestly think that God needed you in order to fix it, but what God needed you to do is to rest. Don't miss this free event April 24th at 7 p.m. in Dallas, Texas, and June 12th at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. Seats are limited. Don't delay. Go online and register now. Jesus died to save the entire world. Today, he's training us in grace so that we can go out and influence someone else's life. That's why I'm so grateful for the friends and partners of this ministry who freely and cheerfully give financial offerings to support us. You understand our vision and you, you help us in so many ways to reach those who are searching for hope in the midst of darkness. Thank you for empowering us to expand God's kingdom worldwide. 
Your financial donations into this ministry work all over the world to change countless lives. If you'd like to support our efforts to save the lost, you may call in or visit CrefloDollarMinistries.org today. God bless you. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends.